are going to continue our, our series today of running with the giants, okay? We started this about two weeks ago, and uh, the idea is, let me read to you out of um, Hebrews chapter number 12, Hebrews chapter number 12, in verses 1 and 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, witnesses, <laughs> let us lay aside every weight, the sin that does so easily beset us, and run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The idea here is that there's a great cloud of witnesses, a great crowd, if you will, who are watching you and I from the, the bleachers of heaven. Okay, there are some great men and women of faith that are watching us as we journey uh, for the Lord, Irvin, as we walk this walk of faith out, as we serve the Lord. And what would happen, Sister Josie, if some of those great men and women of faith could come down and encourage us? They could come down and run a lap with us, whether you're running that lap at the the speed uh, Jesse would run it or or LJ, if you're running the lap like me and you would. Okay, because I'm not a lot faster than you are. Okay. But it doesn't matter how fast you're running the lap, you're still running. You're still putting one foot behind the other. You're still being faithful to the Lord. So what would these great heroes of faith come down and tell us? What would they tell us to encourage us? Well, we've already heard from a couple of them. We heard from, uh, the first one was who, Noah? Yes, we heard from Noah. Noah would say, get on the boat. Okay, now Noah would say one person can make a difference. He would say one person can make a difference. I made a difference for my family. I made a difference for all of eternity. He would say one person can make a difference. And then, of course, last week we talked about one of my favorite Moses. I call him Big Mo. Okay, he's Big Mo. I'm Little Mo. Okay, but he's Big Mo. He's Moses. My goodness, he was the deliverer of the children of Israel from Egypt. And and that's an amazing story. And and, uh, this week we see... We see another figure coming down. We see someone coming out of the stands. And, and who in the world would it be this time? Who would it be this time? The man now stepping out of the cloud, crowd reminds us a little bit of Noah. They're kind of dressed the same. But he appears to be very well to do. Before we even have time to observe more about him, he quickly comes alongside us. He, he catches our pace. We're kind of running side by side. And he says, my name is Abraham. I can hardly, man, think about this. Abraham, right beside us, the man the Hebrews call their father. The nation of Israel, the fulfillment of God's plan began with Abraham and his family. Abraham was a friend of God. He was a friend of God. Man, what would this great man say to you and me? We've, all, all, we've only run just a few steps together, and Abraham would look us in the eye and he would say, God always keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. Let's look in Hebrews chapter number 11 and take a closer look at some of the things that it says about Father Abraham. Hebrews chapter number 11, it's called the roll call of faith. There's some great men and women of faith in there, and Abraham, of course, takes a very prominent role in that. And we begin reading in verse number 8 of Hebrews chapter number 11. I'm reading out of King James Version, and it says, by faith, See, that's the key phrase. Everything these men and women of God do was by faith. Everything you and I will do that has any significance for the kingdom of God will be by faith. Amen? And we cannot forget that. But the Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should, after receive an inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing 
where he was going. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city whose has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now guys, Abraham's faith didn't just affect him, it affected his wife as well. How many praise God for spiritual women? I've got an amazing spiritual woman who's been calling me her husband for 20 plus years, and I am a blessed guy, okay? I am a blessed guy, even when she tells me what I don't want to (laughs) hear, okay? Even Fabian, when she begins to articulate a little bit on blind spots. How many many guys got blind spots? By the way, every one of you, raise your hands because you do, okay? For some of you, it's that little cow lick in the back of your head that you can't get that hair down, but Rick, your wife goes, Rick, Get that down, okay? Some of you wish you still had a cow lick back there. That that cow done licked all the hair off. But here's the deal. We all have blind spots. Here's the crazy thing about blind spots. You don't see them. (laughs) Or they wouldn't be called blind spots, okay? But how many appreciate a a loving wife? Blaine, you had that once or twice, huh? Jill's ever come up to you and say, hey, big boy, and and, and tell you a few things? We need that. We need that. (laughs) Yesterday, (laughs) on the way to church, (laughs) But here's the deal. We need that. Abraham had that. And look what, look what happened. Verse number 11. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. We'll talk about that. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Basically it says two old folks had a baby and that just doesn't happen. Verse 13. These all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off. And they were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they had said such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. He's also prepared a city for you and I. Verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, this is a type of Christ, raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Great man of faith. Did all these things, did even more, but the key was he understood that God keeps his promises and God kept his promises to Abraham and he plans on keeping his promises to you and I as well so let's pray that the Lord would help to encourage us and strengthen us and maybe even rekindle a few promises that we've forgotten about sister Josie think about all the promises that we've been given from God some of them we still focus on we have them in the front burner but there's some of them maybe we forgot about them sister Eloise maybe there's some small things that we're just like You know, God, you said it so long ago. Can you still do that? Well, the answer is yes, he can. Because our God keeps his promises. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing Abraham to come run a lap with us this morning. Lord, help the way he lived his life to change the way we live our lives. 
Help us to realize, Lord, that we can trust you. That, God, we can trust your character. We can trust who you are because, God, you truly keep your promises. Bless this message. Bless these people. Continue to bless this church. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, guys. So, Abraham would say God keeps his promises. And the key to all this is learning to trust God's character. You see, without hesitation, Abraham would tell us that you've got to trust God's character. You've got to realize that he has your best interests in mind, okay? So there are some things that we need to remember. And some of those things are, number one, God keeps his promises even if it takes a long time. God keeps his promises even if it takes a long time. You see, when much time passes between when God promises something and when he fulfills it, we often act like small children on Christmas morning. (laughs) Parents, do you remember that picture? Okay, grandparents, do you remember that picture? Okay, Christmas morning, I mean, normally the kids will sleep in, but not that morning, okay? And as parents who who often acted as Santa's little helpers, we were often up late into the night because that toy said, some assembly required. (sighs) Okay, or maybe your wife had come up with some extraordinary plan to hide that little four-wheeler. Okay, or to hide that little gift. And, and of course, you did whatever she said, okay? Blaine, you feel my pain, don't you, okay? You feel it, been there, right? Okay, and, uh, and we got to bed at probably 4 o'clock in the morning. And guess what? Hayden, who I had to wake him from a, a, a coma at, at like 9.15 this morning to go to Sunday school, okay? At, at, at 5.15 on Christmas morning, boom, eyes awake, Ready to, ready to rock and roll, okay? Why do they do that? Because they don't want to wait. <laughs> they are excited. There's some excitement, okay? And, 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 and that's all cool, and we all remember that, and, and often sometimes some fond memories. But sometimes we act like that with God. We get a promise from God, and because it maybe takes him a few days or a few weeks or maybe a few years, we get so impatient we almost turn into a brat. Did I just say that? That wasn't in my notes. Again, it's amazing what you'll say under the anointing. The good news is, hey, I've, I've had a brat before in my household, and I loved him right through that process. Aren't you glad God loves us even when we act like a brat? Even when, Fabian, we don't have it all together. Even when we're like, show me, show me, show me, tell me, tell me. Tell me. God still loves us. He still loves us. God does does the right thing. God keeps his promises even if it takes a long time. The truth is, we don't like waiting. Anybody in here like waiting? Man, you go to the fast food restaurant and your happy meal takes more than two minutes and you get all colicky. Okay? Doesn't matter that there's 29 people in front of you. No, no, this is fast food. I have rights. We don't like waiting. We fear that we've been forgotten. We fear that God has forgot about us. See, it's easy to see why Abraham, whose name used to be Abram before God changed it, became impatient. God had sent him out of Ur of the Chaldees. He promised him that he would possess the land of Canaan. He would have many descendants. His offspring would be a great nation. This is some good promises, guys. The fulfillment of that promise would bring him great joy. But after 10 long years... God still hadn't delivered on his promise. 
Now take a look at what that decade held for Abraham. During that decade, during the time from he first got the promise to to where we are today, he left his family and country. God promised to bless him and his descendants. Abraham lived through a famine. He feared Pharaoh and he lied to him. In our men's study, we were talking about how, remember what Abraham told? uh, This is my my sister. (laughs) You guys get that? My sister, okay? No, it's your wife, dude, okay? He feared Pharaoh, so he lied to him. He experienced family conflict. He and Lot separated. When Lot was kidnapped, he pursued the kidnapper and fought to rescue him. He still had no son. See, after 10 years and these many trials, Abraham wanted to know whether the deal was still on. God, God, is it still on? Are you still going to bless me? And that's where the Bible says in Genesis chapter number 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. Abram, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Then he brought him outside and he said, look now toward heaven. Count the stars if you are able to number them. So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Wow. That's basically God's way of saying, yeah, babe, the deal's still on. I hadn't forgot about you. Now, you see, the interesting thing about time is time is significant to us, right? It's something that's important to us. Time is significant to us, but it's not so significant to God. Preacher, what are you talking about? Can can you prove that? Absolutely. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter number 3. 2 Peter chapter number 3, verses 8 and the beginning of 9, it says this, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as what? A thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. What does that really mean? That means that time is an issue with you, but it's not with God. Okay? See, before the very beginning, he was. After it's all said and done, he still will be. Time is a man thing. Time is something we focus on. It's not something God really focuses on. And here's a great reminder in verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackless, but long-suffering, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. By the way, if you have unsaved loved ones, you need to begin to pray that scripture over them. You need to begin to declare the word of the Lord over them. Why? Because God is not slack concerning his promises, but he's patient, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Amen? You need to begin to claim that promise because that's your promise. But here's the deal. God's not concerned about time. He, it, it, whatever it is, he created it. It's no big deal to him, but it's such a big deal to us. Time is significant to us, but it's not so much to God. But here's the thing to remember. No matter how long it may take, God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. He did it for Abraham. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for me. And he'll do it for this church. This girl in this church got a few promises, doesn't it? I remember when we talked about that a few Wednesdays ago, maybe a month or two ago, you had some prophecies that you gave us a copy of. And and I have that still because there's some great reminders, Brother Rick, of what God has spoken over this church. You see, guys, if God has spoken something over you, it's going to come to pass. If God has spoken something over your family, it's going to come to pass. If God has spoken something over this church, and he has, it will come to pass. 
Sometimes it'll take a while, though. Amen? Sometimes, don't, don't we love the suddenlies? Let me talk about that for a second. We are Pentecostal people, okay? We love and suddenly from, from heaven and suddenly a rushing mighty wind. But you know what, guys? God is just as much into the process as he is into the suddenlies. Amen? Now, Pentecostal people, you're getting, you're getting, your, you're getting your, your tongue talker all tied up right now because I'm, I'm challenging your faith. But God can move in the process just as easily as he can in the suddenly. And you got to trust God through the process. Now, do I love suddenlies? Oh, yeah, I love suddenlies. Okay? I love, Brother Rick, when suddenly the Spirit of God comes upon. I love that. But I'm also committed to the process. Because God's trying to shape me and mold me into someone he can use more effectively. And guess what? He's not just doing that for me. He's trying to do it in you, J.D. He's doing it in you, Jamie. He's doing it in every one of us. And we have to commit to the process. Amen? You know, guys, uh, I was all excited last weekend. My baseball team won four games. Last year, we only won three, so I was really excited. Well, this weekend, my baseball team lost four games. Easy come, easy go. But you know what I told them after the game? I talked to them about process. I said, look, guys, it's about a process. The goal for our team is to make the playoffs, something a Franklin baseball team hadn't done in 16 long years. Now, you guys in Berwick take that for granted because – uh, you know, the playoff starts with Berwick, <laughs> okay? It's like, okay, let's do the bracket, Berwick, okay? Because uh, y'all have a great tradition. I'm really excited about my boys being a part of that tradition soon and very soon. Franklin has no tradition, okay? But we're going to make the playoffs this year. Why? Because we're committed to the process, okay? It's not about how we play in late February, early March. It's how we play in late April, it's the process. It's committed to trust your, your teammates, trust your coach, trust that we are heading in the right direction. And also trust that I scheduled a real easy team tomorrow. Okay? I didn't tell them that part. I, just, uh, I guess I just told two of my players that. But I just told you. Okay? But it's commitment to the process. Okay? Now, is baseball significant to eternity? No. Okay? My wife reminds me of that every other day. Okay? But the process is significant. Guys, we need to commit to the process that God is walking us through. He's walking us through in a process individually, as a family, and as a church. Trust the process. Because the end result is a place we are going to love. The end result is going to be a, a, a relationship with the Lord that will change everything. So Abraham trusted the process. Even though it took a long time, he trusted that God would keep his promises. And guess what? He did. Amen? So, guys, here's the thing, though. Even after this reassurance from God, Abraham still didn't know what God was up to. You ever been there before? Even after God said, hey, the deal's still on, buddy. It's going to be okay. He still didn't know what God was up to. So, in a moment of doubt, he and Sarah tried to take things into their own hands by producing a son through Sarah's maidservant. And we're still dealing with that fallout today. (laughs) You want to know why they can't get along in the Middle East? Right there. That's what happens when we try to take things in our own hands. That's a different sermon for a different day. But God's ways and his sense of time are not like ours. Even though it may seem like a long time to us, God always does what is right. He always comes through. Abraham wants us to remember that God keeps his promises. Amen? Number two, 
God also keeps his promises even if what he says seems absurd. God keeps his promises even if what he says doesn't make any sense whatsoever. See, when God told Abraham and Sarah, I will certainly return to you according to this time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now, guys, look. If we said that to Brittany and Fabian, that would make some sense, okay? If we said, Brittany, you're about to have a baby. No big deal. But let's say we go over here to the fobs. Okay, Irvin's like, no, don't you come over here, okay? But let's say we said, Sister Judy, I got good news for you, baby. You're having a baby, okay? You should have seen Irvin's look right there, okay? Now, Irv, that could be something you could brag about, man. I look, he have a new strut going into McDonald's, okay? <laughs> Folks be going, I want what he's, I want what he's drinking, okay? But, uh, but here's the deal. It would make sense for this couple because it's still natural, right? Now, now look, I know you're not nowhere close to 89. I mean, you still got 20, 30 years to get there. But, but still, you're probably a little past that baby time, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Now, y'all about grandbabies and great-grandbabies. Keep them coming, okay? But, but that's what happened in this story. God told an old man and an old lady that you're going to have a baby, that makes no sense. J.D. killing himself right now. He's like, whew. You know? It makes no sense, does it? Guys, has God ever asked you to do something that makes no sense? If he hasn't, you just keep walking this faith walk. He will. Amen? Because here's the deal. He's not bound by natural things. He's not bound by age. Those are limitations we put on ourselves. But you see, when, when, when God said, you're going to have a baby, Sarah, Sarah laughed. After I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord? He's old also. She said, look at me. Look at him. We're old. Though she soon denied that she had laughed, she had good reason to. She was 89 years old. Can you imagine what it was like explaining her pregnancy to her friends? And why did God wait so long to fulfill the promise? The answer is that God wanted Abraham's total trust. And that comes only through testing. God fulfilled his promise. The next year, Sarah bore Isaac, even though it seemed impossible. See, our minds cannot conceive all the things God is capable of doing. The words of God to Abraham best sum up his ability in Genesis 18 and 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You see, guys, a couple things to remember. Has God ever asked you to do something that didn't make any sense? If not, he will because it's a test of your faith. But here's the important thing to remember about testing. Turn with me to James chapter number 1. James chapter number 1, verses 2 through 4, talk about testing and talk about the result of these testing. James writes, my brothers, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Basically, he's saying, be happy when you get tested. Really? Huh, that doesn't make any sense. Well, if you didn't like that, this is going to get tougher too. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I mean, here, love patience. Not me. By the way, let me help you out a little bit. Don't you ever pray for your pastor patience. Don't you do it. Don't you ever, ever do it. 
Okay? Some of you are praying me for some patience during them ball games with them umpires. Stop doing it for my sake and theirs. Okay? Here's how you pray for your pastor. Grace. Mercy. Okay? Because here's the deal. When you pray for patience, what happens, Blaine? You get put in situations where you got to use some patience. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't have a lot of it to spare. Can you relate, Rick? But what I do need is grace. What I do need is mercy. Amen? So, but here's the good news, guys. The trying of your faith worketh patience, verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. See, here's the important thing, guys. Tests and trials are going to come. Tough times are going to come. There's going to be things that are going to test your faith. But if you pass the test, Tracy, you'll be so better off on the other end. You know, I look at some of the toughest times that me and Chantel have been through. And uh, the moment that we were going through it, I hated it. I hated everything about it. Okay. But when I look back on what I became through that process, Fabian, I'm like, okay, God, that's what you were doing. You know, here's the thing. Don't fall into the trap of asking God why. Ask God what. Not why is this going through, Jennifer, but God, what are you trying to accomplish in me through this? Amen? That'll help you. That wasn't even in my notes. That was good. That wasn't anointing. That wasn't annoying. That was anointing. So guys, remember, God keeps his promises even if what he says seems absurd, crazy. God keeps his promises. He did it for an old man and an old lady by giving them a baby. If he can do that, is there anything too difficult for him? So, finally, number three, God keeps his promises even when we question him. Even when we question him. Have you ever questioned God? I know I have. (laughs) Okay, I know I have. Abraham asked us, have you ever wondered about his character? Before we can answer, he would tell the story, I have. When the Lord told me he was going to destroy the city of Sodom, home of my nephew Lot, it worried me. So he began a discussion with God. How could you do such a thing? Abraham went on to describe how he talked with God concerning Abraham. You can go home and read this in Genesis 18. He boldly asked God, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Then he began to negotiate, asking God to spare the city for 50 righteous people. Then 45, then 40, 30, 20, right down to 10. He just wouldn't let it go. But God is righteous as well as right. He honored Abraham's request. He saved the few righteous people who lived in Sodom. He destroyed the depraved city. In the end, Abraham provided the answer to his own questions when he observed, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Genesis 18 and 25. God is a righteous judge. Just as he preserved the innocent in Sodom, he will take care of you and me. Somebody in here needs to hear that again. He will take care of you and me. Amen? So God keeps his promises even when we question him. Guys, remember, God is secure enough to handle our questions. I know he's handled mine, okay? Think about some of the things that that I've struggled to ask him about. You do know your pastor has a pre-med degree. You do know that I was going to be a doctor, okay? And Sister Eloise, I said, God, I think, I, look, we need good Christian doctors. When you go to a doctor, don't, don't you feel good when he's not only a good doctor, but he loves the Lord, okay? 
And now I want a quality doctor. I don't want some quack, okay? I want to, you know, I think of David Remedios, our pastor, an amazing surgeon, the best of both worlds, did surgery on Hayden. And and before he did surgery on him, he prayed for him because Hayden doesn't like doctors. He's got white coat syndrome. Basically, you put on a white coat, he wants to fight you, okay? He, He don't like them, okay? He gets that from... From his grandma, gets it from his aunt Holly, okay? She, she don't like that. Don't like needles, okay? Woo. But here's the deal, guys. We, I, I, I was going to be a doctor. Man, God could use some doctors. I, I, I'm a pastor. I would like a doctor to come to my church, okay? That's a good thing. Man, I, Jesse, I said, hey, I'll go on medical mission trips. Put me on a boat. I'll go do good stuff. God, you can use that. But instead, he made me a youth pastor, God, what, what are you thinking? I have a pre-med degree. Why am, I, why am I putting up with teenagers? Okay? So full-time ministry, I've done that for 20 years. I, I, I've been from place to place, and some of those moves didn't make any sense. Do you realize that just about every move I've ever made in ministry was for less money? Let that sink in for a moment. Brother Rick, every move I've made just about has been for less money. So, so clearly, I'm in it for the money, okay? And, and then I go to the district office, okay? Come on, God, really, what are you thinking? Okay, my buddy Packy Thompson said, Mo, I don't know how you survived five years up there. I really don't, okay? Because we know you. You belong down here, okay? Some of you probably, Brother Rick, you probably scratched your head going, boy, Mo going to blow that up, okay? Well, he didn't. God spared me, okay? And now I'm here. Let that sink in. Man, uh, again, questions. God, why? What? But here's the deal. The question is not why. The question is, God, what are you trying to do in my life? What are you trying to accomplish in my life? You see, guys, God keeps his promises even if you've got some questions. Even if the answers don't make a whole lot of sense, Belinda, he still keeps his promises. Amen? He did it for Abraham. He'll do it for you. Amen? Finally, number four, God keeps his promises even when you don't understand. You see, the greatest test of Abraham's trust came when God asked him to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. You know, this is a type of Christ. Isaac is a type of Jesus Christ. There's a picture here, a foreshadowing in the Old Testament to what Jesus was going to do in the New. Why would God want Abraham to kill his son? It didn't make any sense. It appeared to go against God's promise to make Abraham's descendants into a great nation. But by this time, Abraham didn't question or doubt. He simply got up early the next morning to do what he had been asked to do. After many years of asking questions, negotiating with God, reacting to God's direction, Abraham finally sought to be obedient. He had learned the secret of walking with God, trust and obey. I hold in my hand an old hymn knowing. I had this in my office and And if I had planned this a little better, I would have Sister Garland beat out a couple notes of this. But that would require me singing, and we're not going to do that. But there's an old song called Trust and Obey. I see some people shaking their heads. I'm not going to read every every chorus, but, but, but just think about this. It says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on the way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. The chorus says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. 
You know, guys, um, what, some of the amazing things about these old songs is there's so much truth in them. You know, we sing some cool songs, and, and, and some of them sound really good, but they don't say nothing. <laughs> and then sometimes there's songs that say so very much. And, and this song says a lot, guys. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the sky, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt of fear, not a sigh nor a tear can abide when you trust and obey. I could go on and on, but guys, the chorus says it so well. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Amen? See, Abraham had learned that. It took him a while. I think Abraham might have been Cajun. He was a little hard-headed. Okay, it took him a while, but he learned that the key to walking with God was to trust and obey. God had been faithful to every promise he had made, so Abraham trusted his character. He finally understood that we should not try to understand God until we have first obeyed him. Let me say that again. We should not try to understand God until we have first obeyed him. You see, guys, there are two truths for us to remember. Number one, the finite cannot fully comprehend the infinite. If you try to figure out all of God's ways, you are wasting your time because you're not that smart. Isaiah said it this way, his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts higher than our thoughts. He's just smarter than we are, Sister Eloise. It'd be like me trying to figure out some quantum physics. It just ain't happening, okay? It is more than this mind can comprehend. And for us to try to figure out all of God's ways, that's just more than we can handle. But here's the other second truth. God reveals himself to those who seek him. That's the amazing thing. God is, so comp- God is so complex. God is so immense. But he's also so simple to those who seek him by faith. This morning in kids' church, Sister Sarah may lead a child to faith. Do they comprehend everything about God? Heavens, no. We're adults and we don't have it all together. I have an ordination with the assemblies of God. I'm supposed to have all the answers, and I don't. But somebody, something so complex, so awesome like God, can be comprehended by a simple child. Why? Because the Holy Spirit reveals God to him. So guys, let's remember that God can handle your questions. God can, God can handle all those things. You simply have to trust him. Before I, I give a couple closing encouragements, I want to read this little poem that I found that talks about the importance of trusting God even when you don't understand. It says, God is too wise to be mistaken. He's too good to be unkind. When you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, You can trust his heart. And those of you that have walked with God for some time, Brother Rick, you figured that one out. You can trust his heart. If you can't figure out what he's doing, you can always trust his heart. You know he has your best interest in mind. Amen? A couple words of encouragement Abraham would tell us before he gets back, and we're almost finished with our lap together with this great father of faith. Abraham would... would, Abraham would speak about God with an easy confidence, similar to someone who's, who knows a God in an intimate, personal way. Coming to the end of this lap, he would tell us two final things. Number one, perfection is not a prerequisite for God to begin his work in our lives. That's for some of us in here. 
See, he would say, I could hardly believe it when God called me to leave home and go to the land he would give my descendants. I went immediately, but I thought to myself, does he have the right person? What can God do with someone like me? Anybody been there before, Jeremy? I've been there before. God, do you have the right person? God, do you know me? (laughs) Guys, how how many ever asked that question? God, do you know me? He created you. He knows you, okay? Even after I obeyed God's call, I still made many mistakes. Abraham would say, you aren't perfect either, but that's not important. This is what matters. When you walk with God, your character becomes more like God's. When we walk with God, when we trust and obey, we become more like him. His character rubs off on us. The most important ability, you've heard your pastor say this before, is what? Your availability. Amen? Is talent good? Absolutely. We want some talented teachers. We want some talented musicians. God's sending us all that. But the most important ability is not your talent. It's not what you can do. It's who you do it for. It's your availability. It's your heart just wanting to serve. And finally, Abraham would say, God's blessings are never earned. He did nothing to merit God's call upon his life. He did nothing to deserve the promise of land or many descendants or the grace and favor of God. They were all gifts. That became crystal clear when God asked him to sacrifice Isaac, so he laid him on the altar in obedience. God gave him everything, and he was free to take it all away. As you know, God did not require Abraham to take Isaac's life. It was a test of his faith and gratitude. Likewise, our lives are a gift. Treat it that way. Be grateful, and no matter what happens, always trust God because he keeps his promises.